My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us today. That's awesome, by the way. Uh, and uh, I just want to start with a quick thanks to Josh Blair for teaching for us last week. Uh, what you guys may not know is that we do a summer series during uh, the summer. Obviously, that's what I call a summer series. Way to work on your intro there, Jim. That's awesome. And uh, the Sunday school teachers in our church get together, and we each pick a week of some topic, and we teach. Well, last Wednesday was my week to teach. So being off, like Sunday morning, gave me the bandwidth then to go and study for the Wednesday night, which was super helpful. So I uh, got to tackle really simple stuff like uh, the Trinity uh, and the nature of God. So uh, just, you know, lightweight stuff, doesn't require any thought or substantial thinking there. But uh, today we are starting a new uh, section of Philippians, so kind of a new chapter. Uh, so if you've got your green books, we're in page 80, we're on page 82. Uh, and just a quick announcement about what's next. I think I've talked about it a couple of times, Colossians is next. Uh, we put up, I put a poll in the Facebook group about what should we do with the cover, because Baptists care about these sorts of things. And uh, the color will be changing, so just FYI. Uh, and the color will be changing to whatever our uh, artist formerly in residence wants it to be. Uh, because I will never tell her you should do something in this. Like I, That's like somebody telling me what to do with math. Because it's really awesome. So, uh, oh, it's a magnet. That's even better. So now this, I'm, this is my squirrel moment. I'm going to have to set it down, face down over there. All right, so uh, we're starting chapter 4 of Philippians. Uh, and again, we, we mentioned this uh, a few months ago when we started chapter 3, that chapter 3, the last pericope, really bleeds over into verse 1 of chapter 4. Uh, and the same thing happens in Colossians, by the way, multiple times, so we'll get to experience that same concept there. But uh, I'll just want to read through Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 2, uh, all the way through the end of verse 23. <clears throat> I urge Iodia and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me but lacked the opportunity to show it. 
I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my need several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Philippians chapter 4. Does anybody else get the sense that Paul kind of sounds like he's wrapping up before he's really re- It's it, It's this weird tone thing. Like, nope, we're not. It's the, if you've ever been in a plane, I have not, where uh, the pilot was going to land and the last second pulled back up. I feel like that's where Paul is in verse uh, 20. He's like, yep, yeah, no, not landing yet. We've got a little more flight time. Now we're going to land. That's good. So, uh, so let's, let's uh, we've already skipped our process here, haven't we? This is fantastic. I just get such into a routine. There we go. So Jim is exhibit A on what not to do this week. That's great. Uh, but we forgot to pray with others before we hear with others. So let's pray with others too, because that would be good. So Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, it being available to us, it being uh, something that we can hold, something that we can understand. Uh, we acknowledge that we are not you. We acknowledge that we need your help. We acknowledge that, uh, that we are deficient without the Spirit's uh, hearing and illumination and wisdom. So we pray for help. Uh, we pray that we might be changed. We pray that we might be more like our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that uh, we would not be Pharisees simply storing up knowledge for prideful purposes, but that we might be the salt and light that you have called us to be. So we ask for help in these things, and we pray in our Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So uh, thanks for also hearing with me. I think that's great. So we'll move into uh, thinking with others. So we'll spend, uh, we'll say four or five minutes. Uh, and this might be a good time for you just to grab a pen uh, or pencil and jot some questions and some notes down, either in your physical copy of the Bible or in the green book. Uh, those would be great. And, uh, and yeah, so we'll be back in about uh, five minutes. So uh, we'll start the timer and we'll go from there.
nothing there to think about at all, right? I always feel bad for the, uh, the folks who have to write the titles over the pericopes. Like, what do you, how do you, like, how do you bucket 4-2 through 4-9? It's like, practical counsel, sure. <laughs> I feel like you could put that pretty much anywhere in Scripture, and that's going to work too. Um, and then the very tactical appreciation of support, and then the final greetings. So uh, this next step, um, uh, study with others, is really just this recognition of our teachableness, that we are not everything. Um, so I've got a couple of uh, specific asks of you in this particular section. Um, I would love if you did a couple of things. So one is write down questions, um, look up footnotes. So if you have a Bible that has the footnotes in them, and I don't mean study explanatory notes. What I'm talking about is if you look at verse 3, uh, yes, I also ask you, true partner, and there's a footnote there. Um, and I'll, I'll just call this one out specifically because it's probably the most uh, contentious is the wrong word, but argued about point in Philippians chapter 4, uh, whether this is somebody's name or this is somebody's like reference term that Paul uses for them. Um, so like those types of things help us understand what options the translators went through when they were getting to this and they went, all right, so we're going we're gonna to put in print true partner, but there's enough of us that think that might be Sisygus to put it in the footnote. So this is a kind of a split view in the translator's eyes. So that these types of things are very, very helpful. Um, so looking up the footnotes and then the cross-references. So does anybody have a Bible with a, like a middle column with the cross-references? That's what I'm talking about with the send you out to other parts of the scripture, which are really, really helpful here. Um, and then if you have any specific questions about words, you know, we, we may have a book on the table that can help you with that. So that's where we would want to go. Uh, so let's spend, about, uh, let's spend about 10 minutes here. Um, I've got 9.22. We'll come back at 9.32. Uh, and Really, the goal here is to develop questions. Develop questions, develop questions, develop questions. We're not trying to answer a bunch of stuff today, uh, but rather to develop questions. And I, I will tell you, if you bite off all of Philippians chapter 4, that's a lot to do this with. I would encourage you to pick uh, really one of the two big pericopes. And even if you wanted to pick just one paragraph inside one of the pericopes, that's probably enough scope for 10 minutes. So, uh, so we'll be back in about 10 minutes. Thanks.
All right. Is anybody amazed at how quick 10 minutes goes? I always am. This is usually the point in study for me where Caleb pops his head into my office and says, uh, you have to come eat now. Like, yeah, but I just, and I look at the clock and you're like, oh, it's been an hour. Okay, cool. So that's neat. Uh, all right, so what, uh, what questions do you have? What questions do you have? Let's share. Remember, we're not looking for answers. We're just looking for questions. What questions did you come up with for the text? So you got stuck on a word? What's the word you got stuck on? Aroma. Aroma. Oh, that's a fun word to get stuck on. Yes. Were there cross-references in your Bible? Oh! Okay, good. Where did you go to find some? The Blue Letter Bible. There you go. Cool. Yep. It does, yes, yes. Paul does the whole play on words thing a lot. I used to, we had, a, we had an assistant pastor growing up in the church I went to, I'm coming back, don't worry, that was, uh, was real hung up on what did everybody's name mean in the Bible. I was like, what do I care, man? And then you start realizing, oh, no, 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 no. These authors that are writing to somebody are using that and weaving it in and out, and it's this little sideways poke, you know, as you kind of cut, you're like, oh, okay. So what, yeah. Um, so aromas, that's yeah, fun. So Um, could this drive us to the Old Testament where the sacrificial system... So I'm going to ask a question. Yeah? yeah, so maybe while we're studying this particular text, we should throw back to the Old Testament and look and see if there are any Old Testament references to God smelling things. It doesn't get too far into the book, does it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome, good, excellent, love it. So did you fully exhaust that one word in 10 minutes? You think so? You didn't. No, it's okay. Um, I thought you were with me there, but you weren't. It's okay. Uh, no, there's a lot to that one word. It's, I actually heard a sermon on that one word once. It was a really cool sermon. Yeah. The anthropomorphic nature of how God relates to us so that we can just understand him. So it's fun stuff. All right, other questions? Questions? What questions did you have about the text? Just the context, just wise to where I'm, I use the New American Standard. Yep. This verse 2, it says, I urge you, Odia, and I urge you to agree in the Lord. I'm just like, oh, okay. But NAS says, uh, uh, same thing, but at the end it says, to live in harmony in the Lord. I'm just like, that's, yeah. That's yeah. It's exactly right. And it's one of, the, one of the beautiful things and why I want to encourage you to read the Bible in a bunch of different translations because you've got 
we've got the benefit of people who have dedicated their whole lives to trying to make this clear, doing that in a variety of ways. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, good. Good, good, good. Other questions? Yes, ma'am. Sorry, I didn't see your hand. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, 100%. Yep. I, and I, I will tell you, so for the rest of my life, Exhibit A, Your Honor, in looking at the beginning of things and the end of things is the Gospel of Mark, right? So Mark starts off and he says the beginning of the Gospel. And then we just get dropped halfway through chapter 16. Like, well, the story just ended. Like, what's up with that? Everybody's running around in fear. Yeah, because he said it was the beginning. He didn't say it was the whole thing. It's not Luke, right? This is Mark. Totally different. Yeah. Good, good, good. Where else could you look for beginnings and endings of uh, things for Paul? Yeah, the other letters. Absolutely. So how is Philippians different from other Pauline epistles, both in its beginning and in its ending? And how does the message of Philippians impact those differences? What is driving that? And Like if you just turn one page over and read the first couple of verses of Colossians and in a couple more pages read the last few verses of Colossians, there's a lot of similarities. But they're not exact because they needed different things. So these studying the, the larger corpus of someone's work helps us to see the, ver- the small minor variations uh, because we've all, I mean, I... I dare say you could get an email from somebody you know really well and they could word things in a way that you'd go, mm, they're saying something else here. Like there's, there's something else going on. And w- that's one of the beautiful things that we have about Paul is we have a whole lot of his writings so we can do this type of assessment. Cool. What else? What are the questions? One of these days, I'm going to go, Julie, I see that hand. (laughs) (laughs) What else? What else? Yes, Dave? Yep. And it seems like Paul's saying more than what's just obviously on the page. Um, what's the context between the argument of the Odeans and Timothy and his audience would understand that? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, were the audience If they didn't understand it, they did when they got the letter, right? Yeah. Like, oh, y'all got a beef. What's going on? <laughs> and 
Hmm. Yeah. So what can we learn about? Yeah. Yep. That's good. One of the things I love about looking at uh, text in its context is you get to see where these things live, right? So he's just talked about unity and rejoicing and how amazing Jesus is, and then he gets right into this, like, oh, so we've got a problem that we've got to deal with. And then he tells them, don't worry about anything. He says, rejoice, don't worry about anything. Peace of God will guide your hearts. And then finally, he tells them what to think about. Which implies what? Yeah, but specifically to Yodi and Sintiki, they, they weren't thinking about this. So you can almost kind of back into perhaps, well, so whatever they were doing was not true, wasn't honorable, wasn't just, wasn't pure, wasn't lovely, wasn't commendable. So it was something that was happening to make the opposite of those things happen with the gospel. You're like, oh, so this is, oh. I feel like we could dig into that just a minute. But yeah, these larger contexts help quite a bit, as opposed to Philippians 4.13. It's like, well, I actually don't think you want that verse to be true in your life most days. <laughs> because the verses before are about, I was hungry. Anybody want to sign up for that? I don't think so. so. Anyway, all right. Good, 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 good. Excellent. All I'm trying to do is just scratch and sniff a little here and create interest for... Well, now I want to go answer these questions. Good. I'm glad. These are good things. So with that, uh, we'll jump to our, uh, uh, our last section up on the uh, slide, which is invite others. So if you're not in the habit, if I click right there, it'll turn. It's like, there we go. It, my pointer got stuck. That was the... Um, but uh, if you're not in the habit of inviting somebody, just a couple of uh, really easy resources... Uh, on OurSundaySchool.com, O-U-R, uh, OurSundaySchool.com, there are, uh, there's a podcast, there's a YouTube link, there's, uh, you can subscribe to a weekly email, uh, and I would tell you, I write the weekly email, and it doesn't change hardly at all, because I'm not big on creating a whole bunch of new content in 98 different places, but the weekly email is intended to give you something that you can just click forward, hey, love to have you come join us in this Bible study. So if you're not already subscribed to that, you can. It's an easy way to go and invite others. Also, just text somebody right now, because if they're still sleeping, like that's a lot of sleep, but um, it's okay. But, uh, but yeah, invite folks, uh, both members and non-members, and, uh, and that's it. That's the lesson for today. So next week, Lord willing, we'll begin with Philippians 4, verse 2, uh, and we will not get very far at all. I am not entirely convinced that we will actually get through 4.2 and 4.3 next week because there is a bunch of stuff in there to think through. But uh, with that, let's move to our prayer time. So make sure you've got your prayer requests written down. Uh, any changes that need to be made, please make those changes and we'll get those updated. And then lean in, engage, and pray with those around you. So uh, thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.